the Apostle Paul, uh, otherwise known as the Great Apostle, uh, was a man who uh, was dramatically saved from his life of murder and persecution against uh, the Christian church to the man who actually became the Great Apostle. Uh, That word apostle just simply means someone who starts something, goes off and does something new, someone who um, begins uh, the life of a church. And Paul uh, planted many churches, many new churches. He actually didn't stay long with them when he planted them. He just uh, kind of got them going and then ticked off to somewhere else um, and left them to their own devices. Well, not quite, because he had quite a bit of correspondence with them one way and another after they after he left them, and he he revisited them at times as well. He um, had an idea, learned uh, that uh, there were some people in Jerusalem, uh, in the church in Jerusalem, who were very poor. And he decided he would ask the churches which he had planted to take up a collection for these poor in the church in Jerusalem. And so he... um, the church in Macedonia, and by the way, the areas where he planted his church were in basically in Greece and Macedonia and what we know today as eastern Turkey. So quite a large area in those days, but for us I guess it's a rather small area, but he went out from Jerusalem and planted churches in places where nobody knew the living God. Nobody knew Jesus and proclaimed him and his life. There were two churches in particular that responded to his call, the church in Macedonia and the church in Corinth, which, as you know, is in Greece, down the bottom. Um, And both of the churches had great enthusiasm for this project of gathering money for the benefit of the poor in Jerusalem. Indeed, uh, we have a record here in uh, one of Paul's letters, in the uh, the second letter to the Corinthians, Um, of how generous the people from Macedonia had been. In fact, they'd given sacrificially. They'd given more than they had. I don't quite know how that works, but, you know, it was was quite a surprising and beautiful thing that they'd done. And yet the church in Corinth had been really excited about it at the very beginning, but as time went by, they lost that excitement. They lost the urge to go and collect money they kind of forgot all about it. It was put on the back burner. And now Paul wants to go and visit them. And not only that, he wants to bring with him um, people from Macedonia who have been so generous. And he writes to them in preparation for that. We find that in 2 Corinthians. And um, he is not afraid to use the shame card. So he puts it like this. Look, 12 months ago, You are really excited. Now get off your tails and go and get that money because I'm coming and I don't want to be ashamed of your efforts in collecting this money. Not only that, I don't want you to be ashamed because I'm bringing some people with me who are so generous and they um, are under the understanding that you too have been just as generous. Paul was... um, kind of saying to them, remember that excitement, remember what you wanted to do in the very beginning. And something has gone missing. 
And the way you fix that is by going and doing and rather than waiting for the very last minute before I get there, go and do that work of collecting now so that you can bless those in Jerusalem who are poor. I think there's something that Paul might want to say to us today about that excitement that has waned, that sense of something that needs to be done has not been done or is not happening on a regular basis as it should be in this place, in the church at large. But anyway, we'll get around to that in a little while. First of all, we need to read, uh, we need to get into the story of uh, Paul writing to the Corinthians um, and see what he has to say. This is, so this is quite a way into this letter. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verses 6 to 11. Remember this, writes Paul, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, just hold there for a minute because it points to a, I guess, something that ought to be at the centre of our life, something that ought to um, be the thing that drives much of our life and our mission, that is generosity. And Paul um, is obviously using some farming terminology, which I think we understand, at least you gardeners in this place will. Um, It's about sowing and reaping. If we don't bother to put seed in the ground, then we don't get anything out. If we only put a few seeds in the ground, then we only get a little bit out of the ground. If we put a lot of seeds in, then... Uh, we have uh, a harvest that is quite large. There's a principle here that we need to live generously. We go on. Each of you should give what you decide in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. We pause again at that verse and just see what it says to us. And clearly it's about the heart, isn't it? Giving, generosity, is about the condition of our heart. It's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make to be generous. Yes, generosity is at the heart of everything we should be doing, at the heart of us as a people, but we get there by making that choice. You know, in, a, in essence, uh, Paul is saying, as he thought about the reluctance of the Corinthians to get going and collect, make that collection, he is really asking them to make space in, lo- in their lives to be generous. That requires them to make a choice, It requires their heart to be in the right place, their heart to be for those that they want to uh, give that money to, and it requires them to actually start doing uh, what they, in other words, to stop doing what they're doing as a church and to begin this work um, uh, of collection.
Verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And God is able. Well, I want to say to you this morning that our good God actually wants to bless. This is part of the, um, you know, the beauty and the wonder of God himself, that he actually wants to bless us. And although Paul is talking about money and physical things, I believe that we need to expand our understanding of these words to encompass the whole of our life, the whole of our ministry uh, for Christ. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Do you see the promise there for us? Do you hear the promise there for us? That God is able to bless us abundantly so that in all things, doesn't matter where we are, so that at all times, doesn't matter when, so that um, we will have everything we need and abound in every good work. Getting back to the Corinthians and the poor in Jerusalem, I feel sure that Paul's heart was for that church uh, to be lifted up, to be blessed with physical um, you know, offerings of money in order that that church would be able to function in the good work that they were called to do in Jerusalem. You know that um, I'm attempting to pastor a, a new church into existence at Freedom. And uh, we have um, understood for some time now that that church was to be a church of blessing. Its name is Freedom. What a, what a beautiful name. Freedom. Um, and we've been singing a lot, thanks Kelly, this morning about freedom in Christ and all that Christ has done for us. I think that's such a beautiful thing. And if we have any doubts about God's desire to bless, then just simply think about what God's done for you. I know in my life I give thanks to God for the beautiful way that he's taken hold of me and saved me from foolishness and given me something fresh and beautiful, his own life within me. I know he's taken me and indeed he's borne my sins in his own body on the cross for me. This is God's gift, God's blessing. I'm pretty sure that most of us are in that place here in this here and today. Do you doubt that God wants to bless because if you do, I want you to remember that God came when we didn't ask. God came for us, not to put us down, but to lift us up and give us life. God came to bless us with life as he intended it to be. I've digressed a little bit, but that's okay. 
I was talking about freedom and the whole idea that um, we are seeking to build a new congregation there. One of the things that God has shown me is that he wants freedom to be a place of radiance that radiates his presence. He wants freedom to be a place uh, that houses a people who radiate his presence and his blessing. And we have understood that it's really important for us to be in the church praying God's blessing over the community around us, praying God's blessing over the school next door, praying God's blessing over all those who come into the shopping centre and shop there, all the people who work there, pray his blessing over uh, the volunteers in our shed and the customers who come there. But you know, just recently God has been saying to me, something new about that. He's been saying, in effect, I want you to create margin in your life, Ross, for a ministry at Freedom, at the church, and a ministry at the shed, and a ministry uh, in the shopping centre, would you believe? That requires me to go leave what I'm doing on a Monday morning and a Wednesday morning and a Friday morning to go there when the shed is open. And um, on top of the praying for um, praying from the church, I've taken it upon myself to be with the volunteers there, none of whom really, well, apart from our dear sister Helen over there, um, who actually have a relationship with Christ. And for, some for a few weeks now, I've been going there um, and uh, just gathering together or speaking to them personally, saying, thank you for being here. Uh, you're doing a great work for our community and we appreciate that. You're, you're actually serving our church and you're serving God. And I want God to bless you today and always that you would know his presence. Do you know what? Um, I see smiles break out in their faces and I see a different, I feel a different mood amongst them um, as I do that. Because I've given myself that margin to go there and do that and now... I'm sitting with them a little bit longer and I'm uh, believing that God has got some other things that he wants me to, to do with them uh, to bless them in a beautiful way. Um, and on top of that, uh, I've spent a, a day or two actually sitting, uh, I call it loitering with intent, uh, in the forecourt of the supermarket. And uh, my dear friend and brother Barry came with me uh, a week or so ago when we sat there not quite knowing what to do. But you know what? Someone came and sat with us and we had a good, wonderful, open conversation. We didn't quite get around to the point of praying with him, but um, um, I guess we probably missed that opportunity because I was a bit slow to actually keep the conversation going. But you know what? God was there. God honoured the fact that we had made space in our lives, we're both very busy men, to be there and loiter. This business of blessing is such a, uh, so dependent upon the time that we give to it. Now, we've got verse 8 up there. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I just want to uh, just go back, please, Roger. That last uh, little bit there, good, abound in every good work. What are the good works that... Uh, Paul is speaking about? What are the good works 
as they might apply to us? It's a good question, I reckon. I don't quite know how you would answer it. We probably haven't got time to have too much of a conversation here in this place today. But let's give it a go. How would you answer that question? What are the good works that God wants us to abound in? Helping people, thank you, um, uh, Karen. That, that was certainly what Paul wanted to do with the Church of Jerusalem. And certainly there are many people amongst us here today who actually are in that zone of helping people who need help. It's a beautiful thing that we can do. Um, you know, God is close to the brokenhearted. God is close to those who are crushed in their spirits. So Psalm 32 tells us, and we know that for sure. So when we come to help people, then we are doing a good work. Any other little thoughts? Thanks, Irene, praying, yeah. It is a good work. You know, I just picked that up because, Irene, when we first began to pray for people from the Freedom Church, it was with the sense that this was real. This is uh, effective. This means that we are praying for God's presence that person, these people, and you know what? That's going to happen. They will know that presence. What other good works? Hospitality. Thanks, Steve. Yeah. That's giving up time, giving up your agenda in order to welcome and make at home someone else who needs to be with you. Visiting people who are lonely. Yeah. Helping people. Thanks, Gary. You've all skirted around something that I want you to say. <laughs> Sorry, son? Blessing others, yeah. But I think, we're, I think we're in a place where we're saying, how is it we are to, are we to bless others? What are the particulars of those good works, that good work of blessing. Who was that? Joan, sorry. Offering grace. What do you mean, Joan? Thank you. I, I think you could be saying... This is all to do with generosity and, and, and just giving stuff because that's what God does. That's, that's grace in, in action. I want some more specific words. Beautiful. I love that, Kelly. That's right. That's in essentially what we're doing, what I'm doing down there at Freedom, is, is that listening ear and giving time. There's something else. Thank you for all of those contributions. Okay. Karen says, bringing the gospel to people. Well, you know, we finally got there. <laughs> Because, you know, I think that if Paul was writing to our church today, 
calling us to account for the things that excited us at the beginning, for the things that are inherently part of our faith, inherently part of belonging to God, inherently proclaiming that we are Christian, it would be this. You've forgotten how. You've lost the ability. You've fallen away from proclaiming the good news of Jesus to those around you. Am I being too hard? If not here, then certainly that's a message that he would want to give to vast portions of the Christian church in Australia today. Um, I think I was going to go on into the reading, but I think I need to stay here where we are at the moment. Um, Do you know, do you remember um, Simeon in uh, the Gospel record of Luke? Waiting in the temple. Um, He was hanging on to life, effectively. Hanging on to his life on this earth. Waiting for God's instrument of salvation to be revealed to him with his, so that he could see the saviour of the world. And our Bibles record that when his parents brought Jesus to the temple, he suddenly knew that this baby, this boy, was indeed God's salvation. And you know, I feel a bit like Simeon, I'm hanging on to life because I'm waiting to see a flood of people who have been rescued from their sin and given life because they've heard and responded to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, There's an ache in my bones for that to happen. I pray for it daily. Not only that, I pray that I might be at the forefront of that wave, both leading it and surfing on it. Um, Look, I could be wrong, but I've um, heard some little whispers. I think I've heard correctly because it's really crazy stuff. One of the really crazy things that I heard was in this church, there'll be a baptism every week. Can you believe that? I think I, I, think I, got that, I, think I heard that correctly. And another crazy thing, This church will grow to be double its size by the end of the year. Um, Crazy stuff. 
Actually, I'm being a little bit facetious because I did hear those things. Have heard those things amongst the leaders of our church. So there's an expectation that God is doing something to add to our number daily, weekly, monthly. Um, and we need to get on board. Do you know what? Um, that is not going to happen unless every one of us in this place has a hunger and thirst for those new people, for those people who are yet far from God, for those people who need to know his love for them, for those people who um, need to be released from worshipping and serving themselves to, to be worshippers and servers of the living God. Filled with those people who have just suddenly realised that Christ came to release them from sin and give them a freedom to worship and serve the living God. Those people who have never heard of Jesus, we're going to be talking to them daily, weekly, monthly, all year. Because it's only through that will God, I believe, do the work that he's promised us to do. In ancient times, God spoke to Abraham and said, look, Abraham, I want you to get up and leave your family home, leave your parents, and I want you to go to a land that I'm going to give to you and your descendants. And do you know what? I'm going to make you a great nation in that land. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those descendants of yours in that nation so that they, so that you will be a blessing to the whole world. There we find again that truth that God wants to bless because he wants uh, people to know his presence and his life. We're part of that blessing, believe it or not. We are part of the ministry of Paul um, in those churches far off, but here we are today having heard the gospel and understood and believed and put our lives in the, in the care of Jesus, in, the, in trust of Jesus. And so it is that we... I've lost my train of thought. That's okay. <clears throat> we are here in this place understanding that God is wanting to do something beautiful uh, for many, many people that are not here just now and bring about a new beginning for those people. Let's just... Um, I will continue reading this passage. We've got to get to the end of it, so um, let's go to the next verse. Um, Paul uh, turns to quote um, Psalm 112 and verse 9. This particular psalm um, is is a is there are 18 verses in it, and every verse is something about the blessing of belonging to God. So the they in that in that first line there are those who are joined with and connected with and have their life in God. And it sets out a whole lot of things that give us an understanding of our status before God and who we are. 
And he picks out this one verse. They, we have, been, have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. We've just come across that word righteousness. That just means right living uh, before God. It just means being acceptable to God. It just means uh, living in a way that uh, God honours and blesses. And that way is actually the way of faith. It is the way of trust in God. That's all it is. It's a way of living that honours God in all that we do. Now, this is verse 10. Now, he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for the eater... Oh, sorry, that's a little bit of a slip from Isaiah. Um, Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God wants to bless And God wants us to bless. God wants us to bless in all the ways that we've spoken about today. Welcome, hospitality, um, giving money, being with people, listening. And most importantly, sharing the good news of Christ. Because that in the end will be what returns to God by way of thanksgiving and joy. Let's stand. Would you mind doing that? I just want to invite you to stand quietly and restfully um, and with an attitude of receiving from God. I'm going to pray for a couple of things. Um, I'm going to pray that each one of us in this place would be hungry and thirsty that you would know the same um, eagerness that Simeon showed as he waited for the Saviour. So let's pray. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we stand in your presence today. Thank you, Lord, for being here. Thank you for touching our hearts and teaching us your ways. Dear Lord, we acknowledge before you that we are sometimes pretty reluctant to just share what we know with others around us. And so, Lord, I pray. Uh, We pray together, Lord, in Jesus' name, that there would be a new hunger and thirsting after those who are yet to know you, those who um, are yet to hear your beautiful name, those who are yet to allow you to be Lord of their lives, those who are yet to know the freedom of the Spirit, those who are yet to know the beauty and wonder of your life within us. Lord, would you increase in us that hunger and thirst, that desire, that aching, Lord, for that to happen through us. For, Lord, in this place we know that you bless in order to be a blessing to others. We know in this place, Lord, that your heart is to bless. We know in this place, Lord, that you are for us and not against us, that you are for all those in our community around us, in our families, and not against them. And so, Lord, we give you grateful thanks.
and pray that you would do that work. That, Lord, the harvest that comes here to this place would be a harvest of new souls for you, the living God. And so, Father, we pray in your beautiful name. Amen.